You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the kind of book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Pogues, it's fantastic to be here. Uh, I'm really thrilled to record this episode, and I want to reach out to the listeners who are hearing this episode, I assume, in 2023, maybe around summer. Uh, as you know, to stay with uh, on brand with this episode about the Fox's The New Mutants, we went ahead and delayed this episode by several years without a good reason. Well, there may have been a good reason. <laughs> I'm sorry. Excuse me. With all the reason, uh, in yeah. fact, is there is there some kind of like long delay, like delay that exceeds the calendar? You know, like a permanent delay. Is it, uh, canceling? Could you could you cancel this project because <laughs> it's not looking worth at it? Time. It occurred to me that I thought, oh, maybe Disney wasn't wrong to like because there at one point I heard there was talks that. Disney was like, we may just not release this movie. Like, we may just keep it and just not release it. We just we don't think it's very good. We just like it so much, so we're going to keep it, and no one else can watch it because it would make it less good. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just assume it would have been the best of those oh, X Men movies. So it's unfortunate you can't see it, but. You know. Oh well, gotta go. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Um, this is a phenomenal example of what happens when you rewrite a script and maybe even pass the script between writers, um, and keep like you know changing but not totally changing your idea. Well, you end up with this. There also felt like at one point uh, this movie suffered from the DC Universe syndrome. Which is, they introduced a group of people as if we were supposed to know who they were, but they only exist in the X-Men movies, and they've never been really explained. (laughs) So, it's sort of weird to make your bad guy a nebulous thing no one's ever heard of, and doesn't actually tie into the comic book lore. You know what I mean? It'd be like if all of a sudden the Avengers are just fighting like a guy named Theo, and you're just like, well, that's a weird choice. Why not Thanos? Uh No, no, no. It's a new guy. He is getting the eternity mitten, and it's different. <laughs> you wouldn't understand. <laughs> He's going after a separate set of cosmic gems. There's so, someone, apathy. please, <laughs> someone please draw our eternity mitt, please. It's just an oven mitt. <laughs> says kiss the chef. It's got two gems. What did you just say? Like misery and depression. Yeah, yeah. Just like apathy <laughs> and disinterest. <laughs> Yeah, apathy on the thumb and disinterest on the, you know, rest of the mint. <laughs> Just like ennui's one. <laughs> yeah, it's like dangling off the side. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's at the bottom. It, it didn't want to make it up to the knuckles. It's tired of the whole thing. Uh, yeah, that's essentially what we're talking about. Um, is, 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 but the biggest problem I had with this the whole setup we have in this movie that we'll talk to you about in a sec is that... It has definitely started out as one as one sort of like nuanced genre of a movie, and then they moved it into another one. Because at first it seemed like, hey, what if it was more like since they're all teens, sort of a Breakfast Club vibe? Yeah, yes. <laughs> at one point, there's a dance montage, and I wrote down, yeah. "It's like, wow, never have I thought those kids in the Breakfast Club could really dance until right now, <laughs> seeing and other people quote unquote dance." And same with The Breakfast Club. Uh, this sort of concept is proof that it's, it's being written by people 
whose memories long since forgot what it was like to be an actual teenager. <laughs> because no teenagers behave like this. No teenager roofies their warden so they can, what, run around without supervision? Which I, seemed to be like what they were doing already. <laughs> I, I was really disappointed, too. I was like, if you were going to do this scene, how did you not pay for that song from the Breakfast Club? Mm-hmm. You know, we are not alone. I don't actually know the lyrics other than that part. Uh, but, like... I thought had they done that, I would have said this wasn't that bad of a movie. <laughs> do, do the fist pump dance and break, yeah, a, like break they a window by screaming. For it. Yeah, absolutely. Because half the people so who saw confusing. it would be like, ah, that's pretty funny. The other half would have no idea what it was and then just imitate right. it on TikTok. Uh, precisely that. If it was I'm kidding. Some... Nobody actually dances on TikTok. <laughs> but that might actually be like the, the whole phenomenon of the movie. If they had just taken a swing in a direction... Uh, yeah. A big one, I mean. I was then this could be interesting, too, but because when they first announced the movie, they were like, "There, it's going to be a horror movie. This is not a horror movie. It's not remotely no. scary." No, it's... no, it's and not. When, like I... when the stuff eventually shows up, it's there for like three minutes. It's like out of like almost a two-hour-long movie, or I guess it was an hour and a half. Well, it, in both length, pacing. Um, uh, and effects, it does seem like this was just meant to be a pilot for a CW show. Yeah, I was telling Ben before we started recording, I didn't hate the movie, and I didn't think it was necessarily bad. But what I, I thought, did. <laughs> what I thought most of all was, it just wasn't a movie. It was just like a series of events involving a group of... ranging from you know, somewhat likable to extremely unlikable characters in an environment that I don't really understand the, like, threat of the situation, I guess. Like, they're stuck there and it's keep being implied that they are being held there so they can go and join Professor Xavier's school and then it turns out it's the Essex Corporation, which is, like, offhandedly mentioned in the post-credit scenes of the x-men apocalypse movie no one saw <laughs> and and in the film uses footage from logan of the same yes, corporation which made me very confused because because thought, timeline wise yeah when they said that, i was like wait if this is the footage from logan and they're talking about professor x he done already dead <laughs> and he killed all the x-men so i was like this is really confusing yeah but I, and then the I, Essex I'm not company surprised is that... not the company though in Logan. That's a different company. Oh yeah, it's it called is. something else. So well, I was there, just well, very Pokes, confused. Please, they're a subsidiary of the Essex Corporation. <laughs> yeah, I was just so confused. And then I went to look it up because I was like, I don't remember the the company in because I assumed when it was called Essex Corp, it was a reference to Nathan Essex, who is Mister Sinister. That's his original name. When they sort of retconned his origin, or I guess gave him more of an origin yeah, later and you on see in the, comics. You catch that the symbol uh, of yeah, the, like the corporation sort of triangle. is the triangle. Yeah, it's like or the diamond. diamond. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So clearly that's, that's the and reference so, they're trying to make. What the fuck that actually means, A, is not clear, and B, won't matter ultimately because every movie pitches something into the timeline that is ultimately absorbed into the well, void so of actually, these films. I had to look it up then because I thought... Man, I don't remember the Logan movie that being their, the company's name because I think I would have remembered it like I do now. The name that it's you know, because I thought uh, Mister Sinister had that in his 
in the comics, I thought that was the name of his company. It's not. Uh, so I went and looked it up, and they were like, no, they just made it up for the Marvel movies. And then they were like, there's a different company in the Logan movie. And so then I thought, why didn't they name this company what they named the Logan Company? The, mo- the company from the movie Logan? Because... I don't know who this company is, so there's no stakes. When they like when the logo pops up, I was like, I, I assumed that it was in no a movie idea. I hadn't seen. You know yeah, what I mean? No, no I thought idea. that it was referencing a film. I was like, I must have missed one of the X Men. And to talk about twists, not not strong what a twist. because because the movie posits at some point you're going to be shocked to hear that these manifestations that are appearing aren't just ghosts, but part of her power. Oh, yeah. I would say this movie on the surprise meter is a negative four. Like every <laughs> reveal, you you see it coming for a mile, and you're just waiting for it to happen. I it's so the the reveal of uh, what's his name, uh, Romero is that what they call him? Uh, the guy's Sunspot. Yeah, I can't remember what his what his. Uh, non x-men name was because they never call them by their x-men names uh roberto roberto okay i knew it began with an r <laughs> uh he mentions you know at one point they sneak up to use a lie detector test which for some reason they know how to use not yeah. something that's just like casual plug and play <laughs> and by the way played the worst game of truth or truth i guess we call it <laughs> also um if you're gonna use a lie detector at least and and then act as if it can read people you have to get base questions and they can only be yes and no questions if you ask them to give a long answer it's really inconsistent you can only ask yes or no questions to have any hope of it working but yeah he mentions that he's never been with oh go ahead they they can't tell a whole story and you like look at a meter and be like wow that that was a true story (laughs) yeah i mean otherwise they would be admissible in court if you could just like (laughs) caught and be like no 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 he was just lying about what he had for breakfast but the uh, roberto is that that's what we said yeah he uh yeah. mentions he says oh he's been with so many women that he can't remember and they're like oh it's a lie and he says three and she said that's a lie and they said well why why haven't you been with anybody and he said i get too hot and it was like yeah okay clearly this guy burst into flames and killed his girlfriend this is not a surprise the only no. one that w- would have been mildly surprising i guess was magic's background but they kind of throw that out pretty immediately so that one wasn't a surprise. Yeah, fuck, that's confusing. Also, uh, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, this movie also was an interesting choice to cast all actors from locations they're not from and then ask them to do accents of those locations. Okay, thank you, because that's exactly what I was going to talk about. Because I have to, I have to vocalize my extreme hatred of the accents in this movie yes holy shit because there's a scale of accents that we've ranted about on this podcast it's kind of a not another origin story tradition we recently did um from hell where of course we had a lot to say about the motley assortment of british accents. johnny depp's uh kind of uh, sometimes sometimes british accent yeah but the problem in this movie is that you know on the scale of like you know bad accent we'll call that don Cheadle in oceans 11 uh, up to to good accent, which is basically any Brit doing an American uh, uh, American accent. Um, on that scale, I think <laughs> I think a couple people fall on the low side of the middle. But Anna Taylor Joy 
creates a new base for the scale in terms of badness. Yeah, she's doing what I would consider um, John Malkovich's Russian accent from Rounders. I don't know if you've seen that. <laughs> I don't even know if that's fair. And I know exactly what you're talking about. Pay yeah. that man his money. Yeah. But what, what, what I'm thinking of is that my notes here say, these are straight from my notes. Um, uh, oh, Arya's Scottish. Well... She's doing an okay job. The problem with her is that she was way too forward with it. Um, and this, ha- th- this happens with actors. I, I want to say this. I don't think she's supposed to be Scottish. She's supposed to be Irish, I'm pretty sure. Or or Irish, I guess. Either way, two, <laughs> I may have misread it. Two wildly different accents, though. I like... may have misread it. Yeah, fair enough. But uh, the problem with whatever action she was attempting is that it was too forward, I think, is the problem. Yeah, it, uh, it was like sort of the the, like... I don't know how you even describe it. You know, like where there's like certain things you can do to make your like an accent and it only works for like four words. It, yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem that actors have when they've not like fully worked on an accent is that you're forced to think that like every word has to have some kind of like inflection. Oh, from she the was accent. supposed to be Scottish or at least her so character. I was Scottish. pretty sure I was detecting Scottish because Irish wow, is that, very That different. was a terrible Scottish accent then. She I thought it was a lot of time watching Shetland. Yeah, I thought it was an adequate Scottish accent, but it was way too forward. Um, like I said, because, I mean, if you ask someone from, like, Boston to say the word, like, I don't know, street, they're just going to say it the same way. There's no, like, accent on street, uh, uh, at least for someone from Boston. But, you know, uh, uh, when you're doing an accent, you're trying to, like, find, like, sounds that aren't there. And that's what it felt like she was doing. But I wrote here, like, fifth note, uh, is is what accent is Anna Joy doing? Is she from New Jersey? And then later on, I said, yeah, I think it's Brooklyn. And then I'm like, oh, my God, it's Russian. <laughs> when- I thought she was supposed to be, like, from Brooklyn. Because until they said her name and it was, like, you know, Rasputin or whatever, I was like, oh, fuck, it's Russian? It's, yeah, that's how bad it was. What was crazy was, so they introduced her and she started talking. And I got it, it was supposed to be a Russian accent. But she sounded like a James Bond villain. Like, Russian oh accent. Like, like, old Soviet like cold war era american people doing like a fake russian accent that's just really bad and it's not it's not a good version of that and i thought when it happened i was like boy i really hope that she's not supposed to be uh iliana rasputin because i was like that would be really terrible and her character is awful and then when it turned out that was her i was like what a disappointing use of this character because you know that's uh-huh. that's uh colossus's sister Colossus' sister, yes. Yeah, so I was like, what a waste of a character. And I thought, in my mind, so when Macy Williams started talking, which her dialogue makes even less sense, because I assume she had to be from Ireland, which is, like, way more associated with Catholicism than Scotland is. Um, But I thought, anyways, I was like, like, what a weird choice. Why not, if you were going to cast an actor who's not American, because she's not American... Why not just cast an actor from the country she's supposed to be from? Like, if you're going to cast somebody from the United Kingdom, just pick somebody from the actual area of the United Kingdom. I, I mean, I, I guess. But typically an actor is given, like... I, I just feel like they probably, I don't know, didn't give them time to prepare or they changed the script or character oh, so I, much. The thing that something. got me... No, I guarantee you, they all went to acting coaches. But so... I was like, Macy Williams is like, this isn't great. They should have just let her be British. Who cares? Or cast an Irish slash Scottish actress. Then we got to uh, Rasputin, and I was like, this is not a good accent. And then 
all of a sudden, Charlie Heaton, isn't he the guy from Stranger Things? From Stranger Things is... He comes in and is like, I, I went to the best voice acting class you're ever going to have. It was taught by the guy who taught Nicolas Cage his southern accent from Con Air. Because mm-hmm. he put has... The bunny, put the bunny back in the box. Yeah, he has a real, like... Uh... He has the worst southern accent I've ever yeah. heard. Like, I don't think it's a accent. real accent. It's what British people think Americans in the South sound like. It's kind of like how we think they're Cockney. Like, they think I mean, I don't they... know what it was. At one point, it's he just, just sounded like this... he had marbles in his mouth. <laughs> like, yeah. like, he was just trying to talk with it's things like a... in his mouth. It's like an accent that only ever existed in fiction on the Andy Griffith show. Like, it never really... No one ever spoke like him anywhere in the country. Yeah, then, it is so strange. And, and then the other the, thing that, that I loved, that, though, was... So, they don't really explain a lot. You assume Rasputin grew up in Russia and the other girl grew up in the UK. Uh, Roberto, they say he's from Brazil. He has zero accent. <laughs> they mention he is from brazil his family is like the richest family in brazil dude has no accent i was like what an odd choice and they told everybody else to get a stupid accent and then this guy they're like nah fuck it you just know english really well it was so weird yeah i mean that was some of the complaints i saw about them whitewashing the character which certainly seems to be the case considering that yeah not only is he it's really his, his character is so strange because not only is he um is he not given an accent like you said and not really given i mean i think he speaks in his language at some point when he's panicking but other than that is giving no sense of his culture and then um <laughs> and then he's just sort of washing the dishes the whole time why is he always washing i could the dishes? I, in my mind i thought the first time he was doing it and they mentioned that he was really rich i was like oh because I, you know, at the beginning of the movie, you don't really understand what the fucking point of the movie is, which never really comes around. But I was like, oh, maybe this is supposed to be like therapy, since he was like rich and had always had always had somebody to do something for him. They, she makes him do a menial task, and then as the movie went on and he just kept doing the dishes, I thought, is this like some sort of racism towards Latinos? <laughs> like, you know, Latinos—they love to be dishwashers. Because I could not think they never explain it. He's just inexplicably always doing the dishes or at one point it fe- all the laundry and forgive me it feels a little it feels a little racist because uh you know of of the people who would be doing who would who would spring to do menial tasks you would think it would not be the rich kid the spoiled yeah, rich kid yeah that's what's very confusing cuz they're like oh he's super rich and i'm like okay yeah. but- it, it seemed it seems like rain would be doing that kind of stuff maybe because she was raised in like a you know, like a Catholic, like but, strict environment. Yeah, or, or she would have at least been. I guess maybe not though. She keeps calling that guy Reverend instead of Father, so she must. Yeah, have it's been confusing. But she may have like I, you could see someone like that being like like from 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 a rough upbringing, like springing to do yeah you know, or like chores um, or something. That that could have been an interesting facet into her character, of which none of these play, these characters have. There are no facets. They are all some. They are all the four four words that precede or or, or uh, uh, follow their name in the script title. And like the script hitter, and that's it. Like they to just like I'm, uh, yeah, I, I'm the rich, the rich like uh, alpha male, and I, I'm just the heart of gold southern boy. And then apparently, I am the most grating racist <laughs> that's ever placed yeah, film. So what after the, the after the aggressively bad Russian accent, she immediately becomes racist towards Native Americans, and I made a note in my notes that just said. Boy, it's weird how it's okay to be 
just casually racist towards Native Americans, and no one's like, that's really fucked up. It's just like, <laughs> I get it, she's not white. You know what I mean? It was so weird. Like, nobody is... was offended. It was yeah, bizarre. Yeah, Apparently, apparently, Native Americans are not on the list of uh, of of races that are that are free from from uh, direct direct racism used as a plot point. Apparently, it's just us and Italians, uh, based on how we've accepted uh, Mario and Luigi. Yeah, much. I just thought like um, when she first says it, and she says something like really offensive, and calls her like at one point she calls her Pocahontas. I was like. That's like startlingly racist, and it instantly makes me not like Ileana right. at all. I was like, "This girl's a piece of shit." Like somebody was just, and also it was confusing because maybe I'm being too harsh on Russians, but I doubt they have a wide knowledge of Native American history. <laughs> like I don't think I don't, you yeah. would go to a Russian high school and they're explaining who Pocahontas is, or it's, you know what I mean? It's really confusing. Because yeah, she it's actually I, I think it's kind of worse than that because she calls her Standing Rock yes uh, as an insult and she responds <laughs> saying people have been calling me like Pocahontas my whole life and then Anna Taylor Joy's character returns to the racism which I think I should point out is worse when you're openly racist the person says yeah uh, this is great I love being race being people being racist to me I, it's happened my whole life racist people have done this and then you go cool i'll jump i'll double down then i'll continue to be racist to the person who's empathizing with being a victim of of of, of you know racial injustice i can't believe that that was the plot point they decided to give a character that they then decide say well if you didn't like her what if we gave her a sword <laughs> yeah what well, it, it it glows we know you like that <laughs> this was also something that became very confusing to me is I didn't think I for some reason I guess she, I assumed she was a mutant but I thought her weird mutant power was that like she made a deal with a devil is what I always thought and I don't know if I just made that up it is confusing from from what I can understand from the descriptions um the her in at least in this movie uh, her world, Limbo, was created by her as like an uh, as a manifestation of her powers, um, and then the contents of it have been influenced by like the abuse over the years, which is where the weird monsters come from that mm-hmm. chase people around the hospital briefly in one of the many bad CGI sequences this movie contains. Um, but yeah, I think I feel like Limbo is an actual place in Marvel proper. And, like, she's able to tap into it. And yes, that's... yeah, yeah. I think her story, I think her, if I remember right, she gets taken to Limbo. But I don't know if her power was always, she can just create, like, armor. And she has a sword. But I thought, I don't know why, I thought something happened to her when she was in Limbo. But I guess I might have made it up. I mean, it is a weird choice to say, to reveal halfway through a movie about prisoners that one of them can teleport wherever they want. Um, including yeah. leaving this dimension entirely, seems... Which felt like she could have just teleported to the other yeah. side of the force field that was holding them in the entire time. Or anywhere, you know, theoretically. Yes. Yeah. It's, you know, some sort of interdimensional uh, uh, autonomy that she has, which makes her imprisonment strange. I suppose it makes strange for everyone, considering that there is no threat of countermeasures or enforcement. Everyone just accepts punishment. <laughs> Yeah, that was also confusing. I mean, a lot of the things that... Like, another part of this movie that was very confusing to me was... So they set up Ileana, 
and they refer to her as Rasputin. So she is, which in this, this is supposed to take place in the standard X-Men movie universe, which means Colossus exists. So why doesn't he know that his sister was constantly molested as a child? You know what I mean? Like, you can't, if you're going to do this, you had to give her a different name or explain where her brother is, who is an X-Men, because he exists in these fucking stupid movies. So you have to explain why he doesn't know that she's being held captive. I don't think they have the capacity to unite these things, considering how loose, how loose the even movies of like the same actors and part of the franchise can't even connect dots very well. It's a problem that these films have. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was just, it was confusing. And then that's sort of the other problem I have is the movie seemed to be, like you said, it, it would have almost been a better TV show of like a group of kids trying to come to grasp with terrible things they had all done. Instead, people were like, no, nah, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. And then just reveal it randomly what happened. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Sam won't talk about what happened and then he's watching that other he's watching roberto fold his laundry and then he's like yeah i killed my dad you like, yeah. what? <laughs> I mean, that's, i don't think that's when he reveals it but it's just like he reveals it so out of nowhere that you just think oh boy that was that was kind of weird that it just comes out of nowhere it's confusing because i mean conceptually this is interesting i think it's been a kind of a fun um extra side effect of having so many mutants spread across the x-men universe is that you can just keep throwing in new ones when you make your own property uh and i've read a lot of interesting stories about you know you know wolverine or xavier having to deal with mutants whose powers are dangerous and and radically out of control and these are sort of fun concepts to explore um but this vehicle that they're trying to explore them in is really bizarre because it's sort of like a weak it is very much a weak ass horror movie kind of playing off of it where it's like your childhood trauma becomes manifest mm-hmm. uh which again i'm going to repeat is not scary not at a single point and i'm not even saying that as some sort of like no movie scare me kind of guy i just mean that you can't scientifically <laughs> tell me anything in this movie was scary no <laughs> it's and, just and not. that's what sort of disappoints me because like the premise is so you we have uh danny moonstar um, who is sort of the main character and sort of like, you know, your, the, the audience segued at the beginning. She has a mutant power, which is she manifests your worst nightmares. Like you, you're the thing that you try to repress something, either something bad you did, something bad that happened to you. And they like come to life and she's unable to control her power. Right. That would have been interesting had the movie been done as a horror film i think it would have been a decent horror film and then at the end they're being chased by those weird smiley monsters i think that would have been more interesting and then the climax could have still happened but since there's no real horror aspect when the smiley people have come you're just like that's not great special effects it's like the only thing you really think you know yeah so it's just sort of i don't know it was just kind of disappointing i i mean i i thought it was really boring too yeah it's it's very slow the pacing is incredibly slow because we get the beginning of the film the awkward a really awkwardly filmed movie of uh moonstar's like family being attacked by i assume we learn as later as the demon bear 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and and then we just sort of snap into her being in what is well, a confusing hospital. And then the movie doesn't really give you any kind of indication that we're dealing with a mutant scenario yet until they just start talking about it openly. Well, the thing... And even the, even thing, the prota- protagonist doesn't seem to understand. The protagonist never expressed mutant powers. And so when she's suddenly being like told you have power, she goes, ah, yes, of course. And the, it's it's yeah. the weirdest opening. The thing that confused me the most was throughout every one of these characters sort of like quote-unquote growth to deal with their problems... Uh, Danny is sort of there and at no point does she say I was always scared of everything she said when I was a little kid I was scared of the dark and my dad made me this necklace so I would remember that my fear used to be really small and I'm not scared of the dark anymore because clearly at the beginning of the movie she's asleep in the dark but then the bear comes which is her being afraid so what was she afraid of at the beginning of the movie the dark because it feels like a nightlight could have saved a lot of people's lives. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And that, that's where I found it very confusing is they never really explain why the bear came and killed everybody. And I, it was just like, um, I feel like you really need to explain this for it to make any sense. Because otherwise, it just seems like she summoned a bear for no reason and everyone died. Including her her father, good old Adam Beach. Yeah, uh, always there to, to be one of the only <laughs> represent, represent, representative characters of uh, Native Americans. Also, yeah, is he, he from... He, he was in Cowboys vs. Aliens. Or Cowboys yes, he was. Am I confusing him with someone else in uh, another movie we watched? He was in Suicide Squad. That's it. I was going to say, I'm like, is he Slipknot? I think yeah. he Slipknot. I had to be sure. Um, anyway, yeah, no. Uh, and then the movie just tosses us into a, a, a first and second act that is mostly just inaccurate portrayal of teens getting to know each other in yeah. a world where the stakes aren't established because yes we find out that they're somehow sealed in and that and that they can't leave but the reasons why they can't leave and what are the parameters of them leaving and you know how do we know that this is truly a x-men thing and who you are you are who you say you are no one asks these, these questions even though i am as i'm watching yeah. the movie <laughs> and like i said the problem i had was they should have just had it been that the, the source that was talking to them was the weapon x or the weapon program you know because that's like kind of universal at this point people understand the weapon x program was made to create mutants who are weapons and you know I think that would have been better because the reveal of the Essex Corporation was just, even with my knowledge of what I assumed they were referencing, I still didn't care. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, there was no, like, oh my god, like, moment where it was like, oh, if the email had come from, like, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, it would have been something. But to reveal the bad guy who is not in any of the other movies and not really, not in the comics, you've revealed nothing. You've revealed just a made-up thing that has no stakes, you know? It's like when they do that thing in movies where they build up a really long time to show a person's face, and then it's an actor you've never seen before playing a character that doesn't even have a name in the credits. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which maybe that's a good analogy for this movie. It's a lot of build-up towards a person turning around only to find out it's like a guy from Craft Services. (laughs) And then all he says is, we're out of meatballs. Uh... And and to try and endear us to these characters, 
um, they sort of make a mistake when it comes to our Breakfast Club preference. And I think we've already touched on it a little bit, which is that in the Breakfast Clubs, the characters are rude to each other. They say mean things. They insult them. Sometimes on a very, very personal level as they have sort of inter-high school class, you know, kind of clash. Um, and then the movie moves on to let you know that they all have their own mutual problems and that brings them shared experience. Uh, this movie was like, all right, so we, I, right here I have the teens will be very mean and frequently racist to each other. And then, oh shit, I'm supposed to redeem them at some point, aren't they? No, yeah. we don't have time for that. We have some awkward bad cgi combat sequences to film uh up to a climax that doesn't make any goddamn sense the, the other problem with the climax is so at the end uh they're gonna kill danny moon the doctor gets a message from the company that she's too powerful of a mutant and she needs to be killed which seems like a weird thing for a corporation that wants to create killer mutants to be like mm, this lady's too killery you know what i mean would you just be like sweet let's just drop her off places let that bear show up and just see what happens but so the doctor goes to kill her. Uh, Rain shows up and claws her up in her half-wolf form. And uh, she runs out, and then she's going to kill them all, the doctor, Dr. Reyes, when she has them in force fields. And Danny summons the bear, but not on purpose, because she can't control it, I guess. So the bear shows up, and they all try to run from it. And then, apropos of nothing, all of a sudden, Ileana's like... I'll fight the bear. You guys go on. Like, Wait, <laughs> what? You haven't had character development to explain why all of a sudden you'd be willing to sacrifice yourself for these four people you right. don't care about. I mean, I have a hard time understanding why they're willing to go into another room with each other. Like, you know, again, Ileana is nothing but cold and racist to, to uh, yeah, or to just Moonstar. a bitch to everybody else. And none of these characters seem to react negatively, nor does even Moonstar when she, re you know, you know, inter is, is interacting with, with her the next couple of times they just simply uh, maybe because they were filmed out of sequence or maybe because no one thought about the script they just they behave as if uh, it's a reset time every time they hang out maybe i'm not understanding teenagers i don't know but uh it's pretty confusing to watch and then yeah the finale is suddenly as if they're avengers having gone through a hundred adventures together <laughs> they're ready to die for each other and you don't understand why the romance is uh rushed you know, in a, which is insane to say in a movie that takes way too long to get anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it just felt like really out of place. And it's like, you know, I get they were going for some, you know, representation that's been lacking in these films. But it just felt like they threw it in. They were just like, all right, that was enough of that. Let's get back to, I don't know, what else is going on? Can we have that guy be in a, a pool with a, a woman and all of a sudden she turns into an on fire corpse? Yeah, let's do that. That's better. It, I don't know. It was just like... The other thing that got me was... If this was supposed to be like an evil corporation... Why was there just one person watching these kids? Yeah, I, I don't... Like, shouldn't it. she have had, like, Sentinels or something? And that's my problem is... The movie was clearly designed. And whether reshoots or something happened... The description when they first said they were going to make the movie is... They were going to make a horror film involving new mutants. And I was like, that that's a clever idea... And they seem to have nailed it. They have a character that manifests people's, you know, nightmares and shit. That'd be a great movie. She knows she's doing it. She can't stop it. The, all, the, all the group of them are like friends. They don't want to hurt her, but they don't know what to do because they're stuck in a building. 
and there's like a you know demon bear wandering around outside and that's why they can't leave but inside there's all everybody else's issues much better movie because then there's stakes i understand what they are i actually care these people could have just all been friends you know what i mean instead it's just breakfast club and then midway through they're just like i pretend like they've been a team for five months and let's just have them fight a bear yeah uh and and there's the constant vagueness of powers i i I complain about this all the time i hate it it's one of the reasons i hate like seeing aquaman on screen because i'm like i know he talks to fish but he also seems to be vaguely bulletproof and i don't really understand what the limits of those are (laughs) because sometimes he gets punched so hard that he bleeds i'm like ah that's it i guess but uh this movie has the same problem where it's like uh yeah I, i i i can create bursts of like sun like blasts of energy and radiation and fire uh, and then I get punched so hard that my body forms a cartoon-shaped hole in the concrete, and then I get up saying, ow. And I, I'm kind of confused. Yeah, that was the thing that was... The end is, so they imply that he p- catches on fire, which we see at one point. He's just a ball of flames. But then when he calls on the power to fight the bear, he stops being on fire and picks up a, a pew and tries to hit the bear with it. Why did he need to be on fire for that? The guy looked like he was in good enough shape he could have picked up the pew on his own. You know, so it's just sort of bizarre because I thought, why isn't he just always on fire right now? Like, if that's his thing, shouldn't he just be on fire like the Human Torch? And the CG in particular in that sequence when he's fighting um, the bear in his, his, his fire form, whatever you want to call it, that is when it's at its worst. I mean, that looked like the movie Spawn for a minute or two in that sequence yeah, and yeah it was, really it, bad it was CGI. that bad it's pretty wonky at a lot of times you know it's probably at its best maybe with the portal effects uh but it's absolutely at its worst uh with, with whatever he's doing anytime he uses his power uh right dead in the middle are the, the smiling people that apparently have no tactical ability or pose a risk to anyone well they moved like at half speed full speed they had claws for hands but didn't use them and they just sort of like tilted their heads to the side like how do they even pose a threat to anybody i don't understand what i'm supposed to see uh, the bear poses a clear threat <laughs> we all see that yeah he's I a big mean, old bear big old bear we all get that so the smiling men are out of control and i like that no one else's villains actually like i don't know like we see like the the pastor that messed with uh Arya stark's character mm-hmm. who i, I but, think it's her dad in the comics Maybe, but he doesn't, like, come back in the finale. No, that's what I mean is, like, wouldn't that have been more scary if they had been, like, in this, like... Yeah. They could have been, like, a group of high school friends or whatever who knew they were mutants. They, like, maybe they snuck out to, you know, away from the Xavier school. They go to this old abandoned, you know, like, TB ward or something. You know what I mean? And while they're there, the girl, something happens, she gets locked in the basement, and she gets scared, and it summons the bear, and the bear is just outside now, and so they can't leave the building, because if they do, the bear will try to attack them. But what they don't know is when she summoned the bear, she summoned everybody else's fears at the same time. So now there's, like, those smiling men running around. There's a deranged priest that's all clawed up and carrying a, uh... Like, yeah, a, it would, a brand. It, like, those would have been interesting and, like, scary moments that could have been... If it, su- if it suddenly ended, like, Cabot in the Woods, where, like, it's all unleashed, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, and then at the end, they go out to fight the bear, and then it would have made more sense. Yeah, but no, we just got these, like, weird flashes of these characters' backstories that don't return. 
they're just there to you know weigh down act one um it's i I just i can't get over saying it it's bizarre it's so bizarre and and yeah like i said just like the un it's as if they filmed a tv show episode and then just decided not to edit it and release it as a movie because it has all the plot points of like a tv show that would go on to do more but it i can't fathom where they would do anything else with this um yeah yeah and I, i don't know i think there was the possibility of there being something interesting and oddly while we were talking i was looking at the images on imdb and there's several photos for this movie that are not in the movie so i think they went through and edited out the horror parts of the film because there's a scene where she's like laying in bed and the doctor's talking to her and i think it's supposed to be the very beginning and she's dressed in different clothes because <laughs> i don't remember her ever wearing this outfit in the movie and this is like the initial room she's in i think that they filmed they went back and must have reshot huge chunks of this movie i mean it feels that way for sure there's like a shot where she's in a room and the walls have like faces in them that never happened did it did i like look away when that happens i don't think so but there was some scrubbing on my part to get through this travesty um something else that i had to i had to uh, illustrate from my notes is that um i don't know we previously had given x-men real shit for uh the line um in, do you know what happens to a toad that's struck by lightning <laughs> same same thing happens to everything else uh it might be topped by what happens when <laughs> when uh what is her russian name i forget um Ileana steps outside to like take on the bear i had to write it down she says hey yogi lions tigers and bears oh my now to be clear yogi is the cartoon character that is a bear and the other is a line from wizard of oz right yes those don't that's those don't <laughs> yeah, Did you really need to pick one or the pick other? one pick one Make her make a picnic ba- picnic basket reference, and then uh, you've got something. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this. I couldn't figure out what the fuck she said because of her accent. All I heard yeah. was, Tiger's oh my, and I was like, oh, she must have said the line from, <laughs> you know, Wizard of Oz. Which and I was like, I don't... Isn't cool or makes sense. It's really, and it's, and it's, it's profoundly demonstrating her bad accent. Um... Yeah, like uh, like you said, <laughs> lions, tigers, bears. Oh my, it's so. Oh, I had to like pause and get up and like pace around the room for a minute to compose myself. Because uh, Anna Taylor Joy isn't like a bad actress. I mean, I really liked Queen's Gambit. It's one of the better things I watched last year. But um, uh, I can't fathom what she felt like <laughs> doing these these dialogue scenes. Fuck yeah i I don't know it's it's one of those things where you always wonder you're like was this her choice to do that accent or did she like get there and they were like no be more russian and she was like i don't understand what you mean like i'm doing a russian accent and they're like no 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 like uh the guy from bullwinkle yeah i got real boris (laughs) yeah like like we needed to seem absurd if at all possible oh my god it's one of the reasons I'm glad they all chose to just sort of speak English uh, and yes. be in in, uh, in in the uh, Chernobyl show. Oh my They're god! Like, yeah, could you imagine everybody yeah. doing terrible Russian accents? Everyone doing that, just like yeah, just doing like that that faded Russian English kind of like uh, mixture. 
Oh my god, couldn't could not handle it. Um, the the I I feel like the movie really thought it was clever with its introduction of the demon bear. Like, oh, you didn't see this coming. And it doesn't really make sense either because the only time she talks about it is when she's clearly discussing a metaphor. So it's pretty bizarre that it would appear. Well, the um, thing, the idea is she's creating the bear based on the right. story her dad told her. But the problem is, also I did like in the beginning, she's like, there's an old uh, Native American proverb and then she doesn't finish the proverb. So it just sounds like this girl doesn't know what a proverb is. Because like yeah. proverbs have to have a meaning. There has to be like a lesson in them. That's what makes them a proverb and not just an anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> and she finally explains it at the end but it's like and that's what i was like i don't understand where the bear comes from because she said when i was little i was scared of the dark not i'm scared of the dark you know what i mean like yeah. if that had been the plot point okay i get it but she seems to have overcome her fear so what made her create the bear when she was on the reservation like she just appears to be asleep in a room so why would she have created the bear and it's like oh her mutant power activated but yeah her mutant power created the bear but why as you know what i mean they never explain it and that like bugged me because i i couldn't figure out what she would have been scared of at her home with her father so i don't know maybe i missed something maybe there was some sort of weird undertone about her dad i don't know it just seems like, like just such a confusing thing and then you know she explains the the proverb at the end you know it's like whichever bear you feed gets bigger okay so what were you were you always afraid i don't understand <laughs> you know like they never explain why she's always scared and it really bugged me yeah uh this movie breezed past me in the, at the slowest pace <laughs> I, I what i mean to say is that it had the slowest pace and the in the least impact uh i just I, I, I can't get over it. My notes just peter off at the end until I laugh at the fact that she finds a perfectly unmust photo in the yes. rubble of, of her parents. Just sort of, of her and her dad. And I was like, what? All right. But then what was confusing was that was the rubble of the chapel. Why would that have been there? All I saw in the chapel was repeated. I couldn't help but notice that there was multiple tambourines behind the doctor when they were sitting in their, like, you know, their discussion circles. Oh, well... <laughs> Four or five, and I was like, no one needs that many tambourines. Beg to no differ. One. Beg to differ. <laughs> Did they ever establish if this quote-unquote hospital was, like, interdimensional or just sort no, of No, they town? never explained where it was. And here was, my pro- here was another problem I had, which was, at one point, like you said, they roofie the doctor. And she's asleep. And they go to have, like, some sort of party. And Rain takes Danny out to look up in the sky because she knows it's going to rain. And when it rains, it hits the force field. How is the doctor keeping the force field up if she's unconscious? That's like, a question. It's wouldn't it that cease it's, to it's... exist when she's, un- when she's not awake? Yeah, they, they established that it's coming from her so yeah it should absolutely be gone for some reason when she's unconscious no the, again vague powers because we don't like because yeah, then boundaries. i thought i kept waiting i was like oh there's somebody else there who's actually creating the force fields the doctor's not actually a mutant she's just a doctor or whatever 
And I was like, that's going to be interesting. You know, then they're going to find out and that'll be the end of the movie. Will that be them fighting this mysterious force that's like keeping them here? Nope. Just mutant powers don't make sense. So sort of, I guess, the description of most X-Men movies. Uh, whatever the powers need to be at the moment. So I guess it comes down to, uh, would you recommend people watch this movie? No, I, 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 you know me, I'm typically on the positive side of things, but I have a really hard time justifying this sort of wonky, duct-taped uh, misery factory. I, 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 can't, I can't get behind that. It's a flat no for me. Yeah, I, don't, I think in a weird turn of events, I didn't hate the movie quite as much as Ben. I just don't think it was a movie. It was just like a, a random story that really wasn't fleshed out. I don't think I would recommend it to people, though. Um, had it been the horror film I thought it was going to be, I think it could have been a good movie. Like, I think there was an interesting premise that they just squandered. So it's just a really boring movie. It's, I, I guess, like, the laziest horror meets the laziest Breakfast Club knockoff. And those are not two good genres, you know? piss poor teenage films and <laughs> bad horror films so it's really not worth watching to be honest um, so yeah i guess that's it that's our take on new mutants uh, i think we probably come down with most everybody else uh, it's just a disappointing movie so here's hoping that marvel reboots the x-men universe and does it right and makes it not so dumb uh, yeah, Kevin Feige, I think I saw someone mention it in a review I was looking up, had, had stated that, uh, that, you know, because of the recent acquisition, uh, he, he, people were asking about X-Men and he says, I don't anticipate the X-Men being introduced for quite a while. And I, I can understand why, uh, he says, you, you, you may not be seeing them for a bit. And frankly, I hope so. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. I, th I think the best thing Marvel could do is keep the X-Men out of the MCU in all honesty, give it, give, give it time. I just think it's impossible to try to we like bring them in and have it not be confusing. You know what I mean? Cause all the Marvel movies are sort of standalone superhero movies. And then they have like a team up movie. It's weird to have a team up movie when one of the, like half of the team up is just one existing team. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then it's always, you know, they always have that problem where it's like, whenever there's a solo movie, you always think maybe you guys should have called Iron Man. You know, he probably could have helped. He's got lasers for hands. Um, so yeah, in closing, don't see New Mutants. Uh, but do come back next week to find out what movie we'll be doing next. I'm just going to hold my fist up in the air in a freeze frame. Just let the listeners know that I'm doing that.